Herbal America. How you doing this evening? Yes, another week has surpassed us. And uh, this week, this week is uh, it's a uh, American holiday that I guess is celebrated around the world, and it's called Thanksgiving. So I know, like, uh, everyone is making all this preparation, food preparation, uh, to have loved ones to come over to partake in a meal. Uh, so, Tammy. So Yay. Tammy. Hey, Kenneth. Hey. Uh, hey. Are you celebrating Thanksgiving dinner? Absolutely not. Are you kidding me? No. I celebrate that holiday. It's an American icon holiday. Football so, games. Football so, games and, and, and people coming over and and, and, and just uh, just uh, being with each other and whatnot. Why 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 you don't like Thanksgiving? You know so you me. know I I have been raised with having Thanksgiving meals. I'm not gonna lie, I have a pretty big family. You know we had Thanksgiving meals, and up until about two and a half years ago, I celebrated Thanksgiving myself. But after doing a little bit of research, I had to ask myself a couple questions. You know, what, what am I actually celebrating? You know, and that's one problem that we have as Americans. We just go with the flow. We do what everybody else is doing, or we do what we're told to do. When they put turkey out there and they say, look, buy this turkey and go cook it at home for your family and buy Thanksgiving meal and go cook it at home, guess what? Everybody gets up and goes and does that. But you got to ask yourself why. Ask myself, why am I buying turkey and what what does the turkey actually represent you know what did Christopher Columbus actually do when he came over here to to the uh, what they call the America but, but it's not today? About I mean what, what is the holiday really about okay I'm going to tell you the holiday is about family I mean let's Absolutely get the concept uh, let's forget about the concept of Thanksgiving okay you know, the pilgrims, the pumpkin pie and all that. But it's about family once a year coming together and and, and, and fellowshipping the way they want. I mean, you don't have to do the traditional turkey and mac cheese, potato salad and all that. But uh, but just having one's fam, close family members and friends once a year and just partaking in the meal, What's wrong with that? Well, first I mean, of all, there's a few things wrong with that. Family should always be a unit. Family should be able to get together at any time. We don't need a dictatorship to tell us when to get together, when we should have a meal, and how we should cook it, and what we should cook. And 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 you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's the, it commemorates the death of my 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 brothers and sisters. You know what I mean? It 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 is it is. It's not a celebratory time. It's, it's a time of grieving. We should actually be grieving the death of all the bloodshed that was, was that had taken place over here in the U.S. You know, we should be grieving those deaths, not celebrating don't, them. I mean, I guess don't, the don't, victor, don't. the victor, the one who had victory over the people that they came over here and slaughtered, they're celebrating it. So why should we celebrate 
along with the death of our indigenous people. I don't agree with that. I am absolutely opposed to that. I'm glad that I'm enlightened because before I didn't know better, but now I know better. So since I know better, I'm going to do better. And my oh, kids know. You said, uh, you said it's a state of uh, uh, grieving. It should be grieving. Well, at the funerals, don't people get together and eat? Don't family members <laughs> get together and eat at the funerals? I mean, say it's grieving. <laughs> Just 
for just to just to just to be doing it just because it's called Black Friday. But do they know that what Black Friday actually represents? That was a, a, a day where they were asking off, you know, our ancestors were slaves. You know, if okay, they, if people knew, would they do it? Okay, here we got. We have uh, Miss. How you say your name? Uh, so, Etienne. Etienne. Well, Etienne. 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 How are you? I'm fine, thank you. I finally How made you? it. I'm I, driving, how's but your I son? made it. How's, how's your son? I'm still in route. So how's your son? Oh, man. Your son was crying. I, I had to kick him out the car. <laughs> I drove to right, my so husband's so, business, and I, I asked my husband to take him, so I'm good right now. Okay. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, what do you want to know? There's so much to me. I, I don't, okay. you know. Well, so let much me know. to me. Well, so much. Well, so much to me. So tell me a little bit about so much to me. Okay. Um, I don't know where to start. I, I'm always, I'm always sitting here laughing when people ask me that question because my brain goes a mile a minute. But nonetheless, how can I easily put? I'm career oriented. I am a marriage counselor. Um, I specialize in marriage counseling Uh-oh. and couples therapy, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. specifically infidelity. <laughs> I treat infidelity. Okay. Uh-oh. I treat infidelity. Uh-oh. How do you but, treat um, infidelity? Trust me, it has to be treated. Uh, because just because it's infidelity doesn't mean that. <laughs> that's because right. infidelity in a relationship doesn't mean that a relationship will end. And if a couple right. chooses to stay together, you help them work through it, and that's what treated infidelity is. Uh-huh. But, but, Mrs., but Mrs. ATM, hold up, hold up for a second. Okay. Uh, 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 I know you're a social worker. I read that. Okay. But I didn't know your speciality were relationships. Wow. So uh, do you I'm think, a of course, that's a lot different. Uh, uh, excuse me. CSW. No, no, I just want to. No, 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 no. I just want to make it very clear because we have we have ranks to this game. In in terms of, in terms of um, the social work degree, my clinical license is the highest you can go. So I just want to make that very clear. I know. But you could be a you could be a social worker bachelor's level. So I just wanted to make that you know clear. That's it. I know. I I know. I know about that field. I know a little bit about that field, but hold up. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Uh, uh, I'm listening. Do you think? Do you think that marriage counseling, couple therapy, that utilize certain models that never research our culture? Do you think those models work with our culture? Well, it's interesting that you say that because I am trained both Gottman Method Couple Therapy and Imago Relationship Therapy. That's my training. And even when I went through the classes, and it's rigorous. It's not like it's a short training. It's a rigorous process. And even when I went through the classes, I always bring up 
to the people that eh, not all of this stuff is applicable, you know? And they don't like to hear that. They don't like to hear someone tell them that not all this stuff is applicable. But nonetheless, at the end of the day, it, it depends on the skill of the therapist. Because my clients, when they, when I work with them, they love how, how I work. There's no arguing in my office. They're actually talking. Both parties are feeling heard and understood. Because I have the training and I'm able to adjust it to fit my population. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. That makes a lot of sense. But let me ask you this. In each case, it's how come? How come, in your your analysis, how come marriages are not working? Or do you think marriages is working in our community? Well, that's a loaded question. Yeah, you did. I want to put it like this. Yeah, well, media doesn't really show black love, right? So we get the impression that it doesn't exist. That's a lie. I've gone plenty of places where I see black couples constantly with their kids and their family. It does exist. But if the media constantly portrays a broken family system, we've come to believe that's all that is out there. That's called propaganda. It's it's done that way to condition your thinking. That will automatically happen. The human mind is so fragile, and they know that. And that's why they spend thousands and thousands and millions of dollars on marketing because the way to bring mm-hmm. the setup is just neuroscience. There's mm-hmm. science behind that. However, do I think that there's a problem in our community in terms of the family unit? Absolutely. And that's why I do what I do and t- on top of being an entrepreneur, on top of being a, a, a figure for black economic empowerment because if the family unit is broken down, we're going to have a harder time acquiring wealth. So I really do try to keep family right. units together because I know what the family unit does. Jewish people know what it does. Hispanic people know what it does. Indian people know what it does. Asian people know what it does. We have been conditioned through slavery to break down our family unit. Yep. And that has to stop. Absolutely. That's absolutely true. That is everything Go you ahead, said Pam. on point. On point. I had a question. When you're doing counseling for each individual couple, I bet that you find that each couple is different, of course, because each couple is unique, their situation is unique, and they probably experience different, um, you know, different relationship problems. But what do you find that is similar to, you know, or at least you find frequently when um, – when counseling uh, indigenous or color or people of indigenous uh, background, when I counsel people what? of melanated people, right? People of the African diaspora, people who are from the Caribbean islands, doesn't matter. What mm-hmm. I find is the easiest thing to deteriorate that relationship is when there's an emotional disconnection from your partner. Mm-hmm. And usually that happens when there's, there's past pain that has not been killed and worked through. The brain is unable to let it go, to move on when it has not been resolved. Make sense? And oftentimes yeah. what I find out with my couples is one or both of them always want to be right. In a relationship, it's not about being right. It's about having the ability to understand where the other person is coming from, whether you agree or disagree. You have to learn mm-hmm. how to validate your partner's feelings. And when you're able to validate it, then they're open to listening to you. If you invalidate someone's feelings, they're naturally, by human nature, going to become defensive, and you are going to become the enemy. 
I have a question. I have one question right. that, uh, about being right. Aren't black women raised to think that they're always right, even when they're wrong? How did I know you were going to say that? Well, I think that's a stere- just, stereotypical question, and I hope you're joking. <laughs> how did I know, just, Kenneth? How did I know you were going to say that? Oh, somebody. You, you know, know what? what? Say I hope you're joking because someone, that would be someone has it would to be play. making an someone assumption. Has, that someone has to someone has to play the conservative here. You know, I got two women here, uh, women of conscience and everything. Hey, I know there are men that think that way. And also, there are men that, black or white, there are men that really don't go into couple counseling. So how do you engage in the husband or the boyfriend to partake in the uh, counseling when they are resistant? Well, before I answer that question, let me ask you a question. Where do you get your data from? About what? <laughs> About what? About what you just said. Uh, exactly what you just said. Resistance? Resistance? Huh? You well, said black men resisting? Exactly. resisting? Uh-huh. Oh, well, depending on the region of the country, yes, there are, there are black men. Many black men that are resistant into couple counseling because they don't trust social services agencies or mental health clinics. So, so it's not it's not because it's couple counseling. They don't trust the system. Period. Right. They mm-hmm. don't trust the they don't trust the system. Period. And I don't blame them. However, when when the black guys that do come to meet with me or any any person of color. They talk more than a female. Maybe it's me. And I don't know. I don't know if it is my my outer appearance. I don't know if it's my intellect. I don't know what it is, but I I create an environment that allows both people to be heard. It's a whole system is structured with how I work. This is not a place where you come bring your boxing gloves in my office and duke it out. I don't have that. I don't have the time or the energy for that. And I well, think that, that any is, man who wants to keep his relationship with his wife, who loves his wife, they will go to counseling if they're trying to save that relationship. If they care, if they are really wanting to to keep their family together, they will go as like a last resort or like or as a step to better the relationship because they they may be tired of the the problems that are happening in the relationship and they want to resolve them. So anybody who's willing yeah, just, to work as a family unit would have to take the necessary steps in order to make things work. You know what I mean? To make it work. Yeah. If they want it to work. Generically yeah. speaking, I would definitely agree with you, right? But then we have other factors that come into that. When you have a narcissist or you have some type of pathology there, some of those guys oh, yeah. are able to participate even when they're present in the room. So when you deal oh, with wow. narcissists, which is a, a personality disorder, you're dealing with a whole other creature. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The therapist would have to be skilled. If the therapist yeah. is not skilled, that therapist is going to do more damage than good. Yeah, Ooh. and that personality wow. disorder does play into the relationship, too. But when, you say, personality, when you say personality disorder, some folks may not know what defines personality disorder. Could you go into that briefly? 
Well, I'm going to put it in as layman's terms as possible so I won't have psychobabble and I won't pathologize it. But basically what I'm saying is when there's a personality disorder present, that means your personality traits are so severe it prevents you from engaging in meaningful discussions with others for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So if you are like a narcissist and you think you know everything, you're always right, you have all the connections, you're very contemptuous in your mindset, there's so much more work to do in order to get this person prepared to even engage in a therapeutic discussion with couples counseling. Wow. Because you got to work through all that other issue. And there's a lot of people out there, I'm just going to choose narcissism for right now because there's a lot of males that do have narcissism. So, you know, when, you, when you're when out there, you have this ego that's so big that, that it doesn't allow you to accept a feeling from others because you're always right. Couples so women don't have narcissistic behavior? Women do have narcissistic behavior, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Oh, I'm right. just saying, you asked me about men, so I'm saying with mm-hmm. men with a personality disorder, most of them come with narcissism is what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, can a woman be a narcissist? Absolutely. Absolutely. You better believe it. Go ahead, Tammy. Well, um, I'm just, like, amazed because I thought that we were going to talk about more, like, social work, but are you working in social work? I mean, are you doing both right now, or are you doing one or the other? Are you just doing a couple counseling or the counseling part? Well, here's more about me. I'm an executive director. I'm a founder of my own organization, which is a 501c3 taxism organization. I have a team of 14 people that work for me. So I don't work for organization. Wow. I work for myself. Uh-huh. So you, so as far as the social work part of it go, what exactly, what kind of organization are you running right now? So we have a counseling organization. We do counseling mm-hmm. both in office and in the community. In the community, mm-hmm. we have different programs. So we have the beauty pantry program where we go into shelters within five different youth, five different counties in the state of New Jersey, and we provide them a three-week course that we're about to add on a fourth week to it. And in the three weeks, we cover self-esteem, financial literacy, and social etiquette. We're added on self-confidence, right? And we go in there okay. once a week. And we um, educate the women who are either victims of domestic violence, substance abuse, or homeless through financial hardship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's yeah, that's a, that, that's, that, that's a difference. That's yeah. Homeless yes. through uh, financial hardship. Uh, let me ask you that something. You when you know. say Jersey, is Hustle County one of them? Is Hustle County in your jurisdiction? I, yes, we, we serve as Hudson County. Passaic, Essex, Union, and one more. I think it might be Bergen. Union. Oh, Bergen. You're in Bergen County? Oh, okay. I live in Bergen okay. County. Oh, all right. All right. So, so that's another program. Uh, the other program we have is in-home counseling services where we go in-home and we service children 5 to 21 living in-home with their families. So are they like uh-huh. developmentally disabled, or are they just like um, like troubled teens or troubled children, or what what type of service do you provide through that? Um, well, the dominant the dominant culture refers to them as at risk 
I refer to them as at fault. These are the families that we're working with to prevent them from having uh, a child protection service take or removal from their home. Oh, yes. Stipend. Wow, Stipend. you're wonderful. Yeah. So we work to keep them inside their humanity. home. Mm-hmm. For humanitarian purposes, you're you're on you're doing a lot of work for the people. Absolutely, that's absolutely, that's commendable. That's wonderful. That it's just wonderful. from working in the system for so long. I worked diapers for so long, six years. And although my coworkers were great, my supervisors, I had no problems with them, and I don't blame them. The system is not set up for black children. So I could not change the system from within, so I decided to leave the system and change it from without. Wow. That's the true definition of a boss. There you go. (laughs) And then you can practice your own models instead of uh, adopting models that don't really address our needs. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? So in about a year and a half... In a year and a half, I'll be finished my doctorate, and then I'm going to okay, work on my own marriage training program. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. And then you're going to work on which program? I'm going to work on developing my own marriage training program. Oh, Where nice. Now, will it be culturally based or general or, general or, 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 inclusive, or inclusive? No, it's going to be working for – it's going to be designed to work with couples of color. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All um, right. I am going wow. to put the spin on it because I have to. I have to. I just yeah. absolutely have to because it's a different dynamic working with people of color. It's just not the same, and people how, like to I, think I, that it is. We need it. We need. It? We need more people like you. you. We need that. We need it so desperately. And the fact that you're actually doing it, the fact that you're out there, that you you have already started these companies. I mean, that is like that inspires people like me. You know, and other people who might hear this to, to see that you know people are actually when people are actually out there making moves and making differences. When people are, you know, some people might be just sitting by complaining, saying, well, this is not happening, or this is not happening, or that's not happening. But when you're actually putting yourself to the test to make things happen, that's commendable, and that's, that's amazing. That's, I applaud you. That's, okay. And you're getting, you went, you're educated, fully educated. Now, being educated in this system, what do you feel that, may have been left out for you? Like, you did all this hard work and you're getting your doctorate now. How do you feel? I mean, do you feel like you've accomplished everything that you – of course, you probably don't feel like you accomplished everything because you're still working. But as far as education goes, do you feel like you, you're getting what you, what you pay for or do you have to put extra in to, to, do, to do more? You know what I mean? To learn to get all the education that you need. Of course, I know you have to study on the side to know more about what's going on in our – really what's going on in our community – as far as being educated by this system, how do you feel about that? I have a um, a model that I live by. When you increase your skills, you increase your profits. Mm-hmm. So if I sat back and said, well, that takes too long, I'm not going to do it, first of all, because we have to follow the laws of the land, I won't be licensed. You need a license to practice, right? In order for you to get right. a license, you have to have a master's at minimum. So I had to do the things that's necessary, and I didn't look at it as I could have done it another way. That's a waste. I looked at it as an investment. It's not like you know, it's not like I'm I'm far off of my path. I went to undergrad for criminal justice, 
I got um, a post-bachelor's degree in child advocacy, a master's degree in social work, and now I'm getting a doctorate in social work. So I stayed the course. I had a vision. I knew what my vision was, and I stayed the course. So I feel like I'm giving what I paid for. Of course, I paid for additional training, but, again, if you increase your skills, you increase your profits. Right, right. Really nice. We've got to be able to pay for their world. This is their world. Is, right. Let me ask you something, uh, Mrs. A. Tim. Uh, is the perception hey, Daddy, that's what I'm changed? Saying. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you say ATM, right? ATM, ATM. Just call me Shauna. All right, Shauna. Yeah, that's yeah. that's easy. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 is the perception of diapers changing? In the black neighborhoods in Jersey, because at one time Jackson had a very negative, negative, uh, negative image. Is that changing? They're trying to change it. In what? In what way? They're, they're, they're trying to change it. In terms of again, the state has pumped in a lot of money in the in-home services. So people like me, you know where we responded to a call, a proposal, to open up our services to provide the community. So that's a change in itself where, the, where now Dyson is reaching out to community leaders and com- community um, organizations and providers to help to provide services that they're, to people that they're not able to reach. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's so, a change in itself. How... <laughs> I want to get back to black families again, if I may. You said that you said that um, it's a stereotype saying that black black couples are not are not uh, are not successful. Uh, okay, so can we see through these numbers that says that like sixty five seventy percent of black women. Or, or will get married a second time. How can we change those numbers where black women don't have to get married a second time in order to find the right marriage or the right relationship? How can we really change the whole dynamics uh, in, in our relationship between men and black men and women specifically? I wish that was an easy answer because there's systems that are set up systematically to tear down a black family. So we're asking how can we change those numbers, but if people are not getting employed, it's leading them to poverty, right? If people have right. to depend on the system to provide a portion of their rent, if you're on welfare and you're married, you're not going to get that much um, money. If you are Section 8 and you're married, your Section 8 benefits are going to be less. But yet you're not providing the jobs, and the jobs that you are providing are adequate and paid. It's not enough for you to live. So there's so many other institutionalized things that are set up that's working against mm-hmm. the black family because we know that we are the ones that have a harder time in the employment field, have a harder time in the housing field, have a harder time getting mortgages and loans, have a harder time getting, getting to school because there's so many other pressures on us that, that prohibit us from going to school. It, it, it's, that's not an easy question. We have to first eradicate the whole system of racism in order for that to happen. Right. We know it. Right. We know what the data says. Most of the black educated people that are getting college degrees and advanced degrees are women. 
Yeah, black men oh, are women. having a hard time. Yeah, black because men are having a hard time. Up our, they're locking up our men. They're, they're, they're making these laws and locking up our young, strong men. And a lot of them are being institutionalized. And when they, when they get out, if they get out, they can't get a job. They can't vote. They can't do a number of things. It's even worse than it was before they went in. Before they went in, it's already hard, you know, to, to maintain, to get a job, to, to do different things, to start a business, to do these things. But when, if they're locked up <laughs> and then they get out, it, it's like their life is, is almost just about over unless they start up a business or somehow find a way around the system. Well, I want to offer another lens as well, because I agree with you. And there's another lens to that, because not the truth is not all black men go to jail, right? That's the truth. That's true. But when you That's go true. back and you look in the communities, you have failing educational systems, right? Failing systems. If you have a black male coming from an urban community and is a single-parent home, now you have poverty, right, for the most part. Right. Not in all homes. Mm-hmm. Nothing is absolute. But we're just talking about majority, right? You have mm-hmm. poverty homes and poverty homes. And you have sisters and brothers that require care when the mother has to work or the father has to work, whatever the case is. So he can't really go off to college and get that degree because his mind is on his family. His right. mind is taking care of his home. So then he rushes out. He may go to college, drop out, come back and try to get a job. But what kind of job are you going to get as a college dropout? So you're a yep. manager at Target, or you're a bank teller. You understand what I'm trying to say? He's, exactly. He's pigeonholed into jobs that don't pay enough money. It's not gainful employment. It's enough for him to survive, but not necessarily for him to support a family. So then he meets this beautiful sister, and she's educated. She got a master's. She got a bachelor's. In some cases, she got a doctorate. He still has his, his internal work in order as a man mentally to right. provide for a family. How can he compete against that? So it does something to his self-esteem. So it's yep. not that he doesn't want to marry her. He feels like, I'm not adequate enough. Right. Are you trying to shed? Are, are, are you trying to say that not only the social service system, but the economic system, are you trying to say that these systems are set up, uh, uh, as Jesse would say, uh, unlevel, uh, unlevel playing field, that we, we already go into a relationship with two strikes against us? What I'm trying to say is I don't want people to get the – get the impression or I don't want to create the illusion that I'm saying this is all being done right now, right? This is a passed down system from slavery. Slavery was always about economic gain. It was always about capitalism from the very beginning. It's called black labor, white wealth. It always has Mm -hmm. been that from the very beginning. So why would we think that that system is going to change? Why would we think that we're going to equally give you pay? Why? It's just a new plantation. Yep. Yep, she said it. With new Jim Crow laws. With new Jim Crow laws. New Jim Crow laws. Absolutely. Absolutely. Same rules, different games. It hasn't changed. What's the the solution? Well, how do we find ourselves making a new uh, economic system within this system just so that we can rise as people to get us out of this situation that we're in? Because 
I see it's a very grim picture. And, you know, what? everything that you said is absolutely true. And it's like there's so much this can have on this. I would love to hear you talk more. Like, I'd like to have you at the roundtable on the 29th because your perspective is so clear and it's so absolute that this is what it is. What do we do now to move forward? Because we have children. <laughs> we have children that we don't want to grow up in this situation that we're fighting and battling in. We don't want to continue this as a continuum from generation to generation any longer. It's time for it to end. We have to cut it off somewhere. And us being, uh, being conscious enough to realize where we are at and what is happening to us, how do we get out of this situation that we're in? Where is the solution? Because it's heartbreaking. Before I even answer that question, I want to ask you a question. Sure. How is it that Koreans? How is it that Koreans don't experience it? How is it that they, Asians don't experience it? How is it that Indians don't experience it? How is it that Arabics don't experience it? How is it that that I can go on and on? You understand? They how practice, is it that yeah. they don't experience? It? They have they practice economic. They they circulate their money within themselves. They exactly. they know about economics. They know how to circulate they, economics within their own they uh, races and families. Group, so. group economics, right? Group economics. So they're not yep. really, They understand. They may not say the word because the word makes many people uncomfortable. But they understand the the system of racism, white supremacy. They understand it, right? So mm-hmm. they're saying to themselves, how do we work within it? There's not one culture on earth that white people have not abused. If we do our history, right. we'll see that. There's not oh, one culture on earth that white people have not abused. The difference is that we were brought here against our own will. That's the difference. So we have to first address intergenerational transmissions of trauma. And this is the answer to your question. I say, clinically speaking, intergenerational transmissions of trauma, but to break it down in layman's term, that generational curses has been passed down from generation to generation to generation. Why is it that we don't know our history? We speak to some of our grandparents, it's still so painful for them that they can't even talk about it. So they've mm-hmm. never, passed, they never practiced group economics. So why do we think right. we're going to practice it? Who taught us? We have to be self-taught because if we don't, then we're 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 pretty much we're pretty much done. You know, we can't give up. So we have to we have to gain knowledge. We have to teach ourselves. We have to spread the word. Unless we have a you know a mass awakening, uh, which I believe is actually happening. You know, I, I believe, I believe that people is is waking up and in, in like <laughs> a mass awakening. So I don't believe that like. It's the end for us. I know that there is a future for us, but we, it, it depends on us. We have to be reliable, you know. Listen, we have to a be lot reliable. of people would say this to you. A lot of people would say this. They would say, but we had our Black Wall Street. We had Tulsa, Oklahoma. We had Richmond, Virginia. We had Parish Street in North Carolina, uh, Durham, North Carolina. They're absolutely right. Those were our main Black Wall Street. Very successful. The research looked them up. It just wasn't Tulsa. We had right. that. Absolutely. But there have been survivors from these cases. And if you, you can research it on YouTube and listen to their narratives, their interviews, they were so afraid when their communities got burnt down to the ground. They were so afraid that they never wanted to talk about it again. 
So they didn't yeah, talk about it to their kids. They didn't talk about mm-hmm. it to their grandkids. That is what an intergenerational transmission of trauma is. It hurt them to their core that they couldn't speak about it. So those successful stories died with them. Mm-hmm. Do you think yeah, that? Do you think that um, do you think the solution to our family structure is economically? That's what you're saying. It's economically. I think I think, I think economics plays a large part because when you think about what the common struggle is not the only common struggle, but it's one of the major common struggles that goes on in relationships are financial disagreements. Marriages end mm. over money. So just imagine how much in, how much more intense it is when you don't have money. The bills still got to get paid. Yeah. yeah. So I really believe so, at my core, if we tackle that economic part, we're going to fix a lot of things. Everything, no, but we are going to fix a lot of things. It's the beginning. It would be the beginning. The I beginning. believe it would be the beginning. It's a very yeah, effective it, beginning, beginning. A very effective mm-hmm. beginning. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We we have to put we have to put how do you, how do you just say? It? Let me this this a this also and this is my this is my term, but there is institutional emasculation that is occurring. Oh yes. Okay. Absolutely. And. How can we have our men, the backbones of our family, feel like men when society keeps telling them they're not anything? How can we? It's the miseducation. When the system is too, against them. educational system. Mm-hmm. And education it's system everywhere. is everywhere. And also, they start this at a very young age. They start this brainwashing preschool, elementary school. And, and 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 men grow up with that negative self image. Before that, and on top of that, that it's before that, and that's why I keep preaching racism, white supremacy. It started at slavery when men were lynched in front of their families. It is an institutionalization of emasculation. Mm-hmm. And rape. And it's rape. That you know, rape. And rape. Oh my God! It is designed oh, you know, that way. And not to mention the immunizations that they're shooting our kids up with. We don't know what they're giving them. We know just recently what came out with Dr. Farrakhan exposed that they were making our kids um, sick, you know, with these immunizations. So, you know, it's a lot of things that they have set up against us, the eyes are stacked against us to the point to where it's even in healthcare and the education system. Every eye that you can think of, they have stacked it against us. They know who we are. We need to know who we are and stand for our families and our children. Now, listen, if they burned down Tulsa, Oklahoma, which they did, killed all those innocent people, which they did, I'm not saying that, you know, oh, it's, it's crazy for them to try to repeat the same thing that they did in history because this is their tyrants. This is what's been happening throughout history. This is what they – You need. we need to ask the rest of the indigenous people in the world why do we allow this to continue? How could this be a continuum for generate for for all these centuries? How can we continue to allow? It should be some type of judgment coming down for this type of behavior because 
I believe in a universal law. I don't know. I don't know if everybody believes in that, but I believe that you get out of the universe what you put in to the universe. And I can see Absolutely. that they are a weak race. These these people who are doing these things, they are doing it because they know that they're a weak race and they want to stay in power. But they they're not producing children. They're not doing a lot of things that that would keep them as far as uh, alive as a race, except for uh, practicing white supremacy. This is what they you do. know what makes and them they, strong, sis. You know what makes them strong money? is because because they have mastered mental slavery. Ah. So as long as we stay chained, they will remain in power. Yeah, Doctor Arpaq said that psychological change yes. of slavery. But 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 check this out. It's not. I, I'm going to tell you something. It's not only white folks doing harm to us with this system. It's black folks doing harm to black folks too. You know, oh, and you could say, you, you could say, due to slavery, you could do to psychological changes, slavery, the miseducation. You could you you, you could put. Hey, we know this, but we continue to walk down that same road. Where it says that we are the lesser men than them, but also like said, it says that uh, there are uh, then there are black folks that are in that world that are in that world that have that same ideology. Because you make it out of the neighborhood, because you make it out the neighborhood, and you live in you living in a mansion with them and whatnot. And you're married you're just to this family. My point. You're just proving my point. I said people don't really understand that there's a science behind this. Your brain is the most powerful organ in your body. You understand what I'm saying? And if one can mm-hmm. conquer that, they will have you for a lifetime. They have now conquer, a lifetime, they have genera- generations, too. Generation to generation okay. to generation. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So our mind, yeah. our mind has been poisoned. That's their plan, but that we w- cannot allow them to be victorious, even though they have uh, been victorious these, all these centuries. We cannot continue to allow this, so that means that we're a dying race. That's what it means. Okay, which we do, who, who, who go against their own people, um, to sell them out or whatever, infiltrate or however you want to put it, or call it coonism, call it whatever. And coon is not even really the, the word to use. I would say a Negro pen. Or I don't even know what to call them. It's just traitor. It's like a Judas. You know, why, why you got to call you, them traitors? Because, because they want to do something for better for them. I mean, because they're only traitors. thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about their tomorrow, their their generations to come. They're only they're, that would be narcissism. Only thinking about themselves at the moment, what pleases them, what they can gain, or what kind of change that they can, you know, sell their people for. And that's what I have a problem with some of these African leaders too. Now, you know, they they are allowing the Western world to 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 actually dictate to them or pay them off. To it, just to sell their own people, which is just, just it's just it just it just makes me so angry, you know. It just well, makes black me folks so been selling out black because, folks way before slavery. How you think we got into slavery? Black folks been well, doing I mean, that for thousands of years. Well, one thing that we need to come to a realization 
right now, today, this year, that this year we need to come to a realiz- we need to come to a realization like last year that we are going to be a in- we're going to be distinct if we keep this path. We have to do some cha- we have to make some changes and we have to do it now. Like I try to I practice I I try to buy black as much as possible. Now the way the system is set up, when I go to the grocery store, you know I have to go to the one nearest to me, and it's not a black grocery store. It's it's one of the major chains that I have to shop for my family at where I'll go to a health food store and shop for them. But we have got to start buying black and practicing group economics, and we have to start doing that. If we're, if we're not already doing it, like I'm already doing it, we need to start doing it. We need to really, really buy everything that we can black. Because right now, the, I mean, the last person, I don't want to talk about that, but, you know, he, he does not have not? any any interest. I, don't, I just don't want to bring up, I don't want to talk about him, but... um. This is a this is an immediate threat <laughs> to us. Now, I think that by this elect president, if he does take office in sixty days, which I kinda I'm kinda wondering how this is gonna work. But if he does in fact get in office, you know, we have we should have been doing this already. But we need to come together and put our heads together no matter and we can weed out the infiltrators later. You know, we need to do something like drastic immediate, you know. And I think that a lot of people are coming to that realization now because, you know, some of the contacts that I've been making, people are at urgency. They're at an all-time high of urgency. It's now, too late. Granted, it's I too saw late. Footlocker it's line. too late. It's not too late. It's too late. It's never too late. It's never too late. It's too late. The man is the late. president. He's the no, president. No, I mean, I'm talking elect. about for us to be to, – I'm talking about for us to practice group economics. It's never too late. It's not too late. No, it's By never him too late. Being the president, no, it's never too late. We, we have had presidents that didn't give a shit, uh, didn't care about us all these years, all these president-elects, so he's not anybody too different. But we really need to right. realize that right now is the time. It is not tomorrow. It is now. If you can buy black, buy. If you can buy your clothes black, buy black. If you can buy your shoes black, buy black. If you wear hair, if you can buy your hair black, buy black. Anything that you can buy, get your hands on, buy black. And and, and, and and that's important. That is important that we do that. And not only that, we need to start educating our kids when they come home from school, you know, because they're getting a miseducation at school. And I am really uh, frustrated with the fact that they're going in now to these kids at young ages, teaching them about homosexuality, teaching them about uh, – you know, uh, gender, gen, what do you call that? What do they call it? Gender, uh, what is it called? The gender thing where if you think you're a, a girl, you're a girl. Transgen- when you're really a transgender. Boy. Transgender. Transgender. Okay, yeah. They're teaching these kids at a young age about this stuff. Is trans- yeah, I'm kind of, I don't want to sound ignorant, but I'm not too, you know, voice, I'm not too uh, studied on that. You know what the transgender and all that, but I do know that. But it you know we got homosexual. And I do know that they're going to school to my kids. And, and, but we know you know that we have alternative lifestyle in our culture, and, and it's been around for thousands of years. So that's something well, we mean, probably won't get away. You, you know, and, and, and like I'm not really going to uh, uh, prevent anyone from working in a cause because of their sexuality, as long as the plight is Oh, no, I was just saying that going and teaching young children. 
in America. I'm just saying, going and teaching young but children, children about are, that is they not say necessary. They, uh, well, Dr. Doc, Dr. Shana, didn't they say that some children know they have alternative lifestyle before they know it? Yeah, that's what that's what the research says. Yeah, that was the research said, but so so, I, even black researchers said that. So uh, uh, I'm just saying, I, I, I'm not agreeing I, I or mean, disagreeing. I don't have I'm not going to talk against the the, the uh, that you know. I'm not going to talk against right. it. I'm not going to talk for it. But I'm saying what I'm saying is the miseducating the miseducating of our children needs to stop. And I do believe that if you're going into a fifth grade class or a fourth-grade class or a third-grade class, teaching them about transgender, I don't believe that that's necessary. At least if they're going to be learning about something like that, let them be in high school. You know, I think it's just too young. I think it's just too, too – I think it's crazy. I don't, I don't think it's necessary. You know, that's why I believe that we should have our own schools because, I mean, the miseducation is, is, is too much. And I believe that that's one part of it, like, okay, saying that, you know, you go into a third grader saying, look, you know, these are transgenders, this is a girl, but she really a boy, you know, but she a girl. You know, I mean, isn't that confusing? You know, what the, what the, Doctor, what the third grader going to Doctor, you want to tackle that question? You want, you want to tackle that question? Well, I'm not trained or skilled in same-sex dynamics, so I only speak on what I know, and that's something I, I'm not – I'm not skilled in, so it's one of those things where I don't want to. You don't have lesbian that. couples coming for couple counseling. You don't have lesbian or homosexual couples coming in for less uh for couple counseling. Do I have adult people periodically no, no. at same sex that come to me? Absolutely. No, but no, my no, point no, no. is, do you have when we're talking about teaching in school, I heard you. I thought yeah, I, I answered that. Uh, I said. You're talking about couples. Those are adults. She's talking about school. Those are kids. Yeah, what I'm trying to say, yeah. what I'm asking is, should we prevent that discussion with children about alternative lifestyle? Well, I know we're getting off the conversation, but should we prevent that? And that's what I'm saying. I can't answer that because I don't know the effects. I haven't studied it. I don't know what it does on the child's mind. I haven't studied it. Well, what's your relationship? You're asking me about a marriage counselor. A relationship is a relationship. I work relationship dynamics. When you're talking about making impressions on the child and saying that someone's lifestyle or talking about it might, might convert them to go the other way, I don't have data on that, so I'm not going to speak on that. No, no, the data data is that because you grow up in an alternative lifestyle family doesn't mean that you're going to be, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be influenced to turn out that way. That's what the data says. But I I haven't conducted, that's what the data says that they tell us. I have not conducted my own research. I haven't pulled journal article or journal article study of the study, and I haven't looked at the numbers myself. So you're saying you're saying that every data that comes out that explaining our social ills are necessarily not correct. Say that again. Are you saying that certain data? that come out that explain certain social phenomena don't really necessarily represent the truth data. 
of that uh, uh, of that presenting problem. No, what I'm saying to you is, when someone says that's what the data says, and I haven't looked at the data to interpret it myself, I don't know what the data says. I know that I'm being told the data says. That's all I'm mm-hmm. saying. So if you somebody telling you, if telling you the Bible says, but you never read the Bible, how are you going to know what says it? I'm mm-hmm. just asking, do you mm-hmm. agree or disagree with it from your experience in working with family? I don't have experience working with same sex, so I can't answer that. Oh, okay. I keep saying okay. that. I don't have the experience. Okay. I can't answer that. Okay. I did okay. not need to go on a rant, you guys, but, you know, I just, I did go on a rant. But, you know, it's just because I'm concerned about our youth. It's because, you know, I'm concerned about our youth. I'm concerned about our future. And I just love the fact that we have people like you that are out there and just working with the communities and going in the homes and trying to keep families together. I commend you. Like, I am so um, inspired tonight, you know. Thank you. Inspired by your that. work, inspired hey, by Dr. everything Sean, that you do. Hey, Dr. Sean, it's been, yeah, Dr. Sean, it's been a real delightful conversation and I'd like to have more conversation with you. If I could really stay in contact with you, you're such a busy person. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, Tammy, you invite her to the round table? Yeah, I wanted to come to the round table. I'm going to have a, a few I definitely, key if come, uh, players. If Dr. I, if Dr. I think Shonda she'll be a comes, boss at the table. If Dr. Shauna comes, I'm coming. She's going to be the pro. She's going to be the pro, and I'm going to be the con. We need be... more bosses like her. <laughs> You're a total boss. You are a total boss. Hey, 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 you... hey, Dr. Shana, I wish this I had was a face-to-face. Question. Hey, Dr. Shana, I, I wish this was yes. a face-to-face interview. I would love to debate <laughs> you just a little bit more. Now I know your specialty. Oh, man, I would love to debate you just a little bit more, Dr. Shana. Not a problem. Can you, I will, can I will you put a chat? <laughs> tell us how to access. Tell the people how to access your services. How can yeah. they get in touch with and you? And give your address of your agency too, and your phone number of the agency, Dr. Shana. Uh-huh, yes, uh-huh. they can go to my website. My website is um, NJCCHS. So that's NJ like New Jersey, CC like Cat, H like Henry, S like Sam. Dot org. That's my website. There you'll find my contact information for my office number, my location, the assurances that we accept. You'll find all the information there. They can also follow me on social media if they want to go to inspirational site. It'll be the company's fan page at NJCCHS on Facebook, on YouTube, or they can just follow my name, Shauna Etienne, and I come up everywhere. They'll just type that name in and follow me wherever they want. I have one more question. I have one more question. Why I'm was listening. you so nervous when your daughter came home from school with uh, a nose earring? Oh, my gosh, a nose earring. I'll tell you I've been reading up on you. I told you I've been reading up on you. I would I I just you. say this. I got you. The nose ring, <laughs> the nose ring is beautiful. It's beautiful, but it just was a symbol that she's now independent. Man, like, she was she's scared. in college no, and she's Tam, independent. Uh-uh, Tam, so. Tam, don't, go, don't go for that, Tammy. She was scared. She said, oh, my God, she's here. Collective. No, she wasn't. No, no I was like, oh my I ain't gonna let you 
I know. Did you get her? Did you get her? Did you get her? Did you get her? Coming home with a note. All right. Did you get her? All no, right. I get it. Not good. We have 15 seconds. I'd just like to thank everybody for coming. Well, 10 seconds. I'd like to thank everybody for coming on the show tonight. And, and maybe uh, uh, Doctor uh, Doc, you and Tammy could, could, could talk about the, the show next week because she's running the show next week about this roundtable. Absolutely. I like. Yay! I thank you for coming fun. on the show. I, I thank you for coming nice on the show. You. It's about time mm-hmm. you stood me up the first time. So I like to say to Black, <laughs> we're out of time. I like to say to Black Urban America, good night. I am because we are. We are because I am. And Tammy, have a yes. good time with the show next week. And Doctor Sean, right. I hope you be on the round table. Just keep me in. All right. I appreciate it. All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Good night. Good night. Thanks. Bye-bye. That was a good show. That was a damn good show. That was a damn good show. Yeah, okay, sure.